Welcome back, everybody. This is the Black Watch Podcast. I'm your favorite host, Larry Sampson, with my co-host, Destiny Johnson. Today, I wanted to talk about Damar Hamlin. Now, for those of you who've been living under a rock and who do not watch football, Damar Hamlin is a safety that plays for the Buffalo Bills. He's 24 years old. I, I think he's either a rookie or in his second year. And he went to the University of Pittsburgh. Monday night, during Monday night football, he went on a tackle. It looked routine. He went to go hit wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, T. Higgins. He made the tackle. He pops up. And then he falls and collapses to the field. Um, paramedics had to run onto the field. They had to administer CPR. And then they had to use a defibrillator device in order to get his heartbeat. He was transported to the nearest hospital where he was then had to be revived via the defibrillator. I think so, the whole world knows what happened at this well, point. Well, that's what I'm saying for those people who've been living on the rock, under a rock. And so here's what I wanted to talk about in reference to that. There's multiple angles. They're, the people It's blowing up on social media. Oh, my gosh. The, you know, this is why we shouldn't have people playing football. There's a lot of discussion about Black athletes and exploiting their bodies for money. There's a COVID controversy surrounding, you know, whether or not, you know, COVID had anything to do with, with him having the vaccine, if that had anything to do with, you know, his heart. And there's so there's so much information going on. So I wanted to first discuss and give, kind of give people an update as to his condition and then talk about the outlining, you know, topics surrounding it. So first, as far as his condition, um, the last that I've heard is that there was positive news that his breathing has improved. And the way that the spokesperson from the family described it is the things that the doctors were looking for overnight. It's their understanding that they at least saw the things that they were looking for, although they are worried about his lung capacity moving forward. However, he's although there's, you know, like I said, positive signs, he's far from being out of the woods. So that's the report. Me personally, this hasn't been said, I think, directly from a spokesperson, but I have heard other cardiologists. And just from my past experience with my mom, I was concerned about his brain and his brain function. And the reason why I was concerned is um, a cardiologist on CNN discussed that a lot of times when you collapse due to a cardiac arrest, that is due to a lack of oxygen going to the brain. And so a lot of times it's crucial between the time oxygen is no longer going to the brain and when it's reintroduced to the brain, that time period for however long, a lot of times that could be the difference between having a normal brain function following this type of event and from suffering, you know, permanent brain damage. So that's my concern. Like I said, I've had, I haven't heard the spokesperson for the family come out and say that they're concerned about his brain function, but in, at least until he regains consciousness, that is a concern that I would have. So Destiny, I'm going to pose the question to you first. First, as a potential future mother, does the event that happened to Damar Hamlin and all the other kind of injuries surrounding it make him 
make you not, if you had a son, not want him to play football or not allow him to play football? A hundred percent. I would not want and do not want my son to play football because it's dangerous is the most important thing, but also because it's so boring and I'm not going to sit there and watch my kid play football. So I really discourage my kids from playing football. But I mean, on a more serious note, that's scary as hell. And what is so, so interesting to me and what I'm actually concerned about is we look at football as entertainment in our country and we're entertained and this is a game and I don't even know like if this has ever happened in the middle of a football game before it being stopped because someone was, you know, in critical condition as he was. But he was doing his job. So what that makes me think about, I guess the attorney in me is, what compensation is he entitled to? Saying, I hope to God he makes a full recovery from this. Because I've been looking at different, I don't know, my sources might not be credible, but a lot of his family were asking for donations. I'm not sure what the donations were for, but I'm just concerned, like how it, how is the NFL going to support him in this? One thing I will say as to the donation. So it is my understanding that I don't think that they were asking for donations for DeMar Hamlin. It's my understanding that he runs a toy drive. And ever since, you know, um, what happened on Monday, his toy drive has raised over $4 million on GoFundMe. So it's it's always my understanding. It was It's always been my understanding that the money that's being raised, they're not raising it for DeMar personally. It's for his toy drive. And I believe his goal was to get $2,500 raised for the toy drive. And like I said, now it's well over $4 million. So I just want to say kudos to the public for really getting behind this brother and supporting what appears to be a really worthy cause. Now, as for me, you know, I'm a football fanatic, so I completely- That's amazing. That, that's actually amazing. I would actually, like, I think $4 million is good. I don't think they need a donation for me at this point, but that's amazing. No. I still want to know, like, what is his workers' compensation claim going to be like? Well, well, here's the thing. So, um, like I said, he's he's definitely, whether or not he's a rookie, he's still on his rookie deal. There's always going to be provisions in your contract for which, when you um, when you become injured, uh, when you get injured, especially if it's a career-ending injury. There, there have been other people who've, you know, some people have gotten cancer and had to retire. Um, some people have had spinal injuries and had to retire. So there's they're definitely compensated vis-a-vis uh, -vis the Players Association and whatnot. But um, but as for me, people often ask me about whether or not this has personally changed my opinion and about whether or not I'd let my son play football. And this particular incident, I will say absolutely not. And the reason why I say this particular incident is because it's my understanding from the experts that I heard that the chances of this happening are like the chances of you getting struck by lightning. So it's like it's like saying, would I ever walk in the rain if I had to, or would I ever do a whole bunch of other things that under normal occasions you would ordinarily do? Because it's my understanding, in order for it to have caused the impact of caused the cardiac arrest, he has to feel the impact at a millisecond of the right time and in a particular location. And so it is so rare for that to happen that for this particular 
type of harm, you know, we, we deal in the law of, you know, negligence and it, is, it, is it a foreseeable harm? Like this particular harm isn't so foreseeable that I would say like, hey, I'm never going to let my kid play football because it's just such a, it's an inherently dangerous activity. Um, I, I'm sure you would appreciate that kind of line. But one thing I will say though, is the CTE and the spinal injuries and stuff like that, which are more commonplace, that is something that I might, as a parent, be like, oh, I'd be worried about my kid's brain and all this other thing. So this particular incident, not so much, but there are other things surrounding football that would make me worried. But one thing I will say is I've always found the conversation around football to be kind of odd. I've had parents who have kids in the military who said they wouldn't let their kids play football. And it's like, you do realize all the things that happen in football are more likely to happen at war and you're going to be way less compensated at war. So for somebody to say, I would be okay with my, my son going into the military or my daughter going into the military, but I wouldn't be okay with them playing football. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. And, and I think there's been a lot of conversation around football and not, not as much conversation around the military, because I think people just go like, well, of course going to the military is dangerous, but it's worth it. And I'm saying for those people who really love football, it's the same analysis. It's like, of course it's dangerous, but it's worth it. Especially one, if you love the game and two, if you could play it to the level where you can get paid millions and millions of dollars. So that's what I think I will say. Another controversy surrounding this particular, you know, incident that took place is it was thought that the NFL was, you know, going to play the game, uh, resume the game before the players and the coaches jumped in. And I don't want to play devil's advocate often, but I'm going to now. I just want to say in the defense of the football league of the NFL, this was something that was so abnormal. They've never seen this type of thing take place from my understanding, right? So it's like, what do you do in that situation when generally the protocol is when a player's injured, you just wait for the player to no longer be on the field. None of you guys are doctors. We give them to the medical professionals and we continue to play. Certainly it would be inappropriate to do this in the context of, somebody's life's on the line and somebody might die and you might have seen your I mean it's such a, a traumatic experience to see them having to use a defibrillator in order to try to restart or, or you know um, your, your teammate's heart and then say well go play a football game so certainly that's not the normal context but because it's such an abnormal situation I can't fault the NFL to say like okay, we were naturally inclined to go what we, what we always do in these type of situations. Well, to as close to these situations as we've dealt with in the past, and then the players saying, no, 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 we're, we're here ground level. We just witnessed a life or death experience, and we're not bringing our asses back out here to play. So kudos to the players. Kudos to Sean McDermott, the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, and Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Bengals, and all the players who were involved who stepped in and say, now we're not continuing. And I just want to say, while the NFL is definitely 
uh, not handled every issue correctly, especially when it came to social justice issues and a number of player safety things. I think this particular incident, they can't be, their feet can't be held too close to the fire. Destiny, with the information I provided, where do you think the NFL has in fault as far as, you know, the rumors that they were going to resume the game before the players and the coaches intervened? I, I actually hadn't even heard that or read that anywhere. I did not know. You know, I don't watch this. I got the notification from CNN and I was all over social media. And like the first thing that just came to my mind was how hard did he have to get hit for that to happen? But I had no idea about any of that. But I would assume that once he was like knocked unconscious, they didn't understand the magnitude of the injury that had occurred. So I think that there could be like a lack of knowledge thing. So they can't like blame the NFL for wanting to go. Like they are, this is a business at the end of the day. And there's tons of people in the stadium, tons of people watching, like, you know, the business mind of a person, they're thinking, you know, I can't let all of these, re I can't let this all go to waste right now. So I can see the business aspect of them wanting to go on, but also like mentally these players, this is their teammate. They're with them all the time. They basically watch this guy, you know, come close near to death in front of them. That's just like a lot to go on. I can, I can see that why players were emotional and didn't want to continue on. But I mean, like you, I could see both sides. And I don't think that, I think I remember in the past, maybe it was basketball, where a player, it was so gruesome that I remember this to this day. A player actually like broke his ankle, but it was so sharp that his bone had came through his flesh and it was literally on television. In the middle I think of the it game. was his femur. I don't think it was his ankle. I think it was his femur. I think, were you talking about the uh, basketball player from Louisville? I have no idea, but it was on national TV and I'm pretty sure the team continued playing after they got him out of the game. Like it, they literally did like retakes of this on TV and it was on social media of this guy's bones coming out of his flesh. Like it was crazy. And it's just like freak accidents like this happen and the show goes on. Yeah, and and it's, and and I'm I'm glad you said that because in in football especially people have been knocked unconscious before the game continues. People have been paralyzed before the game continues, and it's like the the old adage: the show must go on. That is typically the norm. So, like I said, for the NFL, while they haven't done dealt with this type of situation before, the closest they've ever dealt with are other injuries, and the game always goes on. So for them, especially viewing it from a bird's eye view and not really being down on the field, down where all the quote unquote the action is, I can see how they they come to the conclusion that, okay, it's business as normal. He's now in the hands of the medical professionals. We are rough, we are rushing him to the hospital where they will deal with it, which has always been the norm, which has always been the way that they've dealt with injuries and in, in the past. And for, like I said, the players and the coaches stepping in in this particular context and saying, you know what, that's really not appropriate for this isolated incident. For this one injury, it's not appropriate to do that. So, like I said, I could understand um, both sides of the argument. 
why some people would, like I said, would say like, oh my gosh, the, the league should be at fault and other people shouldn't. Another question that I wanted to delve into is this, this conspiracy theory. And you know, you're the, you're the conspiracy theorist on the show and you brought to my attention that a lot of people are conspiracy <laughs> theorists. A lot of people on social media apparently are saying, does what happened to this young, hyper-athletic athlete, does this have anything to do with the vaccine? He had to get the vaccine. And, and I just want to clear up. Disclaimer really fast. I am not online searching for conspiracy theories. I follow a few news sources and, you know, I like to keep an even playing field. So I go on, you know, the conservative news sources and like also the more liberal ones. And I've seen that across the board where like on Fox News, people are commenting like, you see what the vaccine does? He just was vaccinated two days ago. Why do you know his vaccination records, first of all? And it's just like... People, it's wild. Why does everything need to be a conspiracy? Exactly. I do say it's concerning that a 24-year-old is having heart failure or heart issues. And there is a lot of heart issues going on with younger people these days, but I don't want to make the correlation that it's for the vaccine. Yeah, no, 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 no. And I, and, I, and I think that's fair. And like, again, and because I just wanted to clear this up because you, you told me when you first saw it you thought like gosh or, or heard about it how hard must have he you know been hit and like i said it was a routine play but it's my understanding that it's not necessarily the force it's the location and the exact timing so it's timing and location yes you need at least a minimal amount of force but it's more so the location and the timing the only other incident of you know cardiac arrest during sports that I'm familiar with that is due to a contact to the chest that has a very particular name that I can't pronounce, but was in hockey where um, a player had a hockey puck hit him in the chest again at the right moment or I should say wrong moment and it caused him to go to cardiac arrest and I'd be interested to see whether or not they continued their game. You know, uh, hockey and football are very similar where it's you know they pride themselves on on being tough sports. So I wouldn't be surprised if the hockey game actually continued. But that's like my other only thing. I will say this. I'm not a doctor, right? So I can't say whether or not the vaccine or whatnot, you know, had any effect on this young brother's injury. What I will say is the people who don't know that either and simply want to use this young man as a, a political weapon to be able to say, Oh, well, you know, I'm anti-vax, so let me use this young, you know, kid's life as a as a means to say, oh, it was this damn vaccine. I think that's pretty low. And and to be honest, I've seen a lot of disgusting things surrounding this incident. I've seen, you know, an ESPN journalist, and I want to get your thoughts on this, Destiny. I saw an ESPN journalist say, hey, they need to just hurry up and continue the game. I got my gambling bets going. And, you know, I need this game for my gambling bet. And then there's some people who said, oh, my fantasy football team needs, you know, Josh Allen to score points or I need Joe Burrow to score points. They need to get on with the game. And I think a lot of no Skip Bayless didn't say that Skip Bayless said, to be honest with you now, what Skip Bayless said, he's getting a lot of flack. And I know a lot of people won't agree with me, but I don't think his flack is justified. And the reason why his flack isn't justified is because. 
The problem people have with Skip Bayless has to do with their inability to have proper reading comprehension. Because Skip Bayless pretty much just said what we're all thinking, like, oh, wow, you would think like, oh, my gosh, how can this, you know, the league reschedule this game? How can they fit this, you know, game back in the schedule? But that just seems so irrelevant right now. Like, who disagrees with the in the scheme, like the the grand scheme of things? Whether or not the NFL can reschedule this game to fit in the season, who thinks that that's irrelevant? Of course it's irrelevant. And, and that's what he was saying. So people were like, well, he shouldn't have even thought about the first thing at first. It's like, no, he's speaking to what the crazy people and the selfish people are saying. And then he's telling them that that's irrelevant right now. I know you what you're thinking. I know other people are thinking it too. And let me just reiterate for you guys that that's irrelevant because we're dealing with somebody's life. So to be honest with you, I Didn't think- Didn't he say it in that tone? Because it's all about context. Could it have been that he was saying it in a sarcastic way? Like, oh, this is a great timing, but I guess it's irrelevant right now. No, well, here's the thing. It was, a, it, was a, it was a tweet. So it, it can't, it, you know, you can't really glean too much off of, you know, how he was, you know, feeling more or less. But I but feel I, like people know him to have kind of like a snappy kind of character and to say things that are out of pocket like that. So I don't think that... I don't think it's unreasonable for people to be upset and be like, here's the thing. I don't think it's necessarily unreasonable. And he said things that are controversial, but I don't think he's ever said anything out of pocket to that extent. And I could be wrong. You know, he, he's been in journalism a long time. So some, one of our listeners might be able to, you know, dig up something. He said, well, he said this, this, that, and third, and I wouldn't be able to argue against it. So, um, but yeah, cause it's always possible that he did say other things in the past that warranted criticism. I just think, the particular statement he said about you know all of that being irrelevant you know people took what he said and my belief out of context and was and were overly judgmental whereas another person on ESPN another reporter whose name I forget because he's so irrelevant was saying like get the show on the road he's off the field now continue the game I have a parlay that's going and me as a person who gambles trust me I understand Having a parlay that's going, but I would what never. What happens in that situation? They just it, it's it's a they just they just don't include it. All the yeah. other yeah they so they wouldn't include it unless it gets rescheduled uh, within the same week and in the same location. But because um, the NFL has already come out and said that they're not going to replay that game this week. If you had a four team parlay, it would just become a three team parlay. If you just the only bet you had was that game, then they would probably just give you your money back, which is my understanding because, like I said, it just drops down to, um, the one less. But like I said, all of that is irrelevant, but the conversations that are surrounding it, you know, and, and I've even heard some people bring race into this, and I'm, you know us, we are the Blackwash Podcast. If we see racism in anywhere, you know, there's a discussion, but this idea of, you know, Black people using their bodies for, for entertainment for the masses. I'm just going to tell you, as somebody who's played football before, doing it for the masses is very highly overrated. You're doing it for a paycheck or you're doing it because you love it. This idea that we're willing to subject Black people to, um, to harm that we wouldn't subject white bodies to, 
it has a lot of merit in other contexts, but you got to understand hockey is a predominantly white sport and they're going through the same things physically. So like that argument doesn't really hold water when you're saying like, oh, they're, we're, the reason why football still continues is because it's black bodies. And it's like, there, there's a lot of other people who are revered who are white. You know, you got Tom Brady, you have Josh Allen himself. You got a lot of other white athletes who are doing the same thing. And, and so you can argue a lot of people are saying, well, they're trying to make it safer for the predominantly white positions. And they don't do that for the black people, like the black positions. Again, like I said, I think that is that's a stretch. That's a yoga type stretch where it's just getting, you know, too far. So, like I said, I don't want to belabor it too much. I just wanted to make sure we did our due diligence about talking about this brother. Remember, he is a human being. And for those of you who want to go and reach out and uh, donate to his toy drive, please do so. Keep him in your prayers. There is power in prayer. Like I said, it's my understanding that his condition is improving but he's still not out of the woods. So my my last thing is, you know, we got to remember the people on TV are still people. Destiny, do you have anything that you would like to add? No, I definitely just want to agree with you on that. Like, I don't even know him. I don't watch football. But once I saw that play out, that was so scary. I honestly, I said a prayer for him and I hope he makes a full recovery. That's so frightening. And I'm glad that it's been taking well besides the conspiracies. There has, I haven't seen much race um, comments in it because I do monitor things like that because I like to be alert on what the conversations are. But I feel like people across the board are just like, that is a horrible thing to happen. Like we just are rooting for him to, you know, get healthy and to be taken off a ventilator, breathing on his own getting in stable condition and hopefully like, you know, getting in rehab and doing what he has to do to get back on the field later on. And this not occurring ever again, it's just very unfortunate. And yes, I don't want to see that happening, especially to someone so young. He's just like fulfilling his dreams. I'm sure he's probably had dreams of being in the NFL doing his thing, but that's all I wanted to say about that. And just one last thing, I, I want to commend the first responders who came out there and did such a, it appeared they did a just a bang up job and and really did a good job. Also, I, I hope that the NFL and high school uh, sports, they learn from this and and realize that because a lot of times you'll see when a, a, somebody's injured, they just assume that it's all oh, your basic concussion or it's cramps and stuff like that. I just wanna, you know, I just hope that this, you know, fortunate event, um, kind of has a change in protocol where people assume everything is this until they realize it's not. Assume when somebody falls down that they're going into cardiac arrest and cannot breathe and they need you to go there and administer oxygen. But And then when it's not that, then treat it as not being that instead of the opposite where you just think it's a, it's a head injury and then you're just kind of slow and it's like, okay, we don't want to move the body and stuff like that. We, we want to make sure that we have that type of protocol in place. And like I said, not just on the NFL level, but also on the high school level. Like I said, that's all I have to say. And thank you guys for listening today. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram. Destiny, thank you. And for everybody else, keep watching football. Support the Dallas Cowboys and support um, Mr. Hamlin and his family at this time. Yes, get well soon. Thank you guys all for joining us on our first episode of this year. 
on our new day, Monday. We'll catch up with y'all next Monday. All right. Thanks, you guys, for listening. And if you haven't already, please like and subscribe to our podcast. I am Destiny Johnson. I'm Larry Sampson. Thanks for joining us. And remember, we said that shit. And we meant that shit.